Good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's perspective on your problems. And this is Pastor Richard Lejeune. And this is Pastor Curtis King. All right. We are glad that you are joining us again on this lovely Monday morning. And hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you today. And uh, yeah, how you doing, Pastor Richard? Doing real well. Yeah, feeling a lot better. You look good. You got rosy cheeks. All right. You didn't have rosy cheeks last week. <laughs> they're, they're coming back. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Feeling good. You're all dressed up. You look dapper today. You know, I, I thought, my goodness, I am going to get to spend 30 minutes with my old buddy, Richard Lejeune. I got to get all gussied up for this. <laughs> well, I guess I, I didn't quite feel the same. So, um, yeah, no, uh, we record this um, on days other than um, uh, Monday. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, we're going to be dressed a little bit different depending on what we got going on the particular day we record it. So, yeah, um, church. We yes. Got church. We, got, we got church on the, the day we're recording this. Yes, we uh, we're trying to get ourselves a little bit ahead um, mm-hmm. uh, with these. And um, but, uh, yeah, we were talking before we started, before we hit the record button there. And uh, uh, we were saying that we thought people might be interested in knowing how in the world White Oak Baptist Church is doing. And in private conversations, um, you just give me glowing reports. And then I got to spend a little bit of time with Andrew uh, a little while back, and he just went on and on about the good things. So before we get into our um, topic of discussion today, well, Pastor Richard, won't you take a few minutes and just tell everybody all the stuff you tell me? Well, I got here five years ago in June. So five years and three months, I guess it's been, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey, uh, learning how to be a senior pastor, taking the um, training wheels off and just learning how to ride that bicycle. And I'd say we're cruising right along at this point. Um, Over the five years, we've had some staff changes, uh, but God's brought us in a wonderful, wonderful team. And I have uh, Andrew McGuire here mm-hmm. working for me, uh, one of your son's uh, good buddies from college. And um, he's our music guy and our youth guy, and he's doing a great job. Uh, we have, um, uh, I have a, a, another assistant named Joe, and Joe helps us a lot with the technical side of uh, Monday Medicine and uh, really is the behind the scenes guy with that. But really, that just defines Joe and his uh, ministry here at our church. Never went to Bible college. I hired him to answer phones, and his talent began to show through. And um, boy, he's just become an integral part of what we do here at White Oak Baptist Church. Uh, And then I have a bookkeeper named Marcia. She does a great job, an events coordinator named Joanne. And so God's given us a wonderful team here. Um, When I got here, the church had probably about a quarter million dollars in mortgage debt we owed, a little bit of credit card debt, and today we sit debt-free. Hallelujah. We're rejoicing over that, and we were able to purchase the house next door to the church in cash, and we're also fixing it up with cash. So God's God's been good to us with that, and my family is going to be moving into that house in probably the next two or three weeks, and so uh, we're... Um, I think we're excited about that being right next door to the church. Uh, there's some good and bad with that, but we're, we're, uh, we're more excited than, than anything. So the church is doing well. Um, we, uh, COVID hit us like it did, you know, everybody else. 
um, we're we're probably running, I'd say, uh, 150 to 200 on a Sunday morning. We were running a little over 200 before COVID hit. And then uh, COVID came along and, and really knocked us back. And I think we climbed up to about 170, 175. And then I got COVID and about half our church got COVID about two weeks ago. And so, you know, we've had as much of an online audience the last couple of weeks as we have in, um, in the building. But I think we're getting ready to bounce back strong. Mm-hmm. We have our fall program coming up. Uh, Friend Day is coming up in just a couple of weeks. And we're, we're excited about what God's doing uh, here at our church and, and all those efforts. So, yeah, no, the church is doing really well. Um, financially, we're doing well. Uh, program, we're doing well. And then one last thing I wanted to share about what we do here at White Oak that I think is unique and exciting. We started something up last year entitled Great Commission Saturdays. Yeah, and yeah. that has been awesome. And it has gotten, I'd say, about a third of our church, maybe a fourth of our church out involved on Saturdays with the gospel on some level. And so just real quick on that, we have um, a room where folks sit and put labels and stamps on postcards that send out an invitation to various people in the community. We have another room where uh, folks are making uh, phone calls and following up on people who maybe have visited and haven't been in a while or, you know, shut-ins, that kind of thing. We have folks who go out and make follow-up visits, first-time visitors or those in the hospital. Uh, We have others who go through a soul-winning training course, the same one I I did when I was with you um, in our former ministry. And uh, folks are learning how to share the the gospel. They're uh, graduating from the soul-winning course. They're going out and seeing people saved. And um, that has really added a lot of excitement to our church. If we have 150 on Sunday, 160 on Sunday. We we probably have 30 to 40 that show up on Saturdays and Amen. are going out and involved Amen. in that. So that's been really successful for us. Yeah. That is so cool. Uh, we, uh, Pastor Richard and I have a mutual friend, William Jeffcoat, and he just uh, preached for you on a Wednesday night, what, maybe two months ago. And uh, that was his first time being there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he called me the next day and uh, he said, wow. He said, I liked everything I saw. He said, he said, every corner I would look in, everything going on. He said, just thumbs up on every detail. And I thought, I, and, and Brother Jeff Coat, oh my goodness, Christ, how many churches do you think that man's preached? <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to guess, but yeah, he preaches thousands. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So for him to say, uh, he liked everything he saw. That is quite an endorsement. It really is. So, man, oh man, uh, I'm excited about it. I really am. So yeah, cool we, stuff. One of the other things I didn't mention, and and again, this is probably a little down the list of things I'm excited about, but still excited is uh, we've been able to do a lot of renovations since I've arrived. The buildings mm-hmm. really were sort of in the 1990s, early 2000s when I got mm-hmm. here and uh, we've renovated our auditorium. <laughs> we've got a little more renovation work we're getting ready to do in the next month or so in, in this uh, room I'm sitting in on our platform, more lighting. Um, uh, the backdrop is going to change. Some of our live stream cameras are going to get better. Uh, but we've probably parking lot. Uh, we, we resurfaced the parking lot. 
uh, hallway renovation, lobby renovation. We've probably put $100,000, $150,000 in renovation work in the building over the last five years. So things are hopping. Things are happening. God oh, is blessing. People say that, you know, <laughs> churches in, in New England uh, or that it's dead here. You can't reach people. And I just found that um, that's not true. If people yeah. are loved, people will go where they're loved. Sheep go yeah. where the flock is fed. Amen. And so, um, yeah, it's been good. It's been well, good. Well, I, I will say that uh, I preached for you four years ago, and what is behind you right now looks drastically different than what was back there four years ago when I was there. Yeah, and my little camera doesn't do justice what's behind me it's, it's a little dark and shaded but um if you were in here it look it, it looked dramatically better just what your eyeball would tell you but yeah no it's uh it's been it's been a wonderful journey so yeah yeah oh that's awesome that really is awesome well i gotta tell you i'm just proud of you i i just i really am and uh every time we have not just these conversations but uh other conversations that it just thrills my heart to see what God's using you to do. And, uh, man, it's cool seeing that church launch and take off and thrive and grow and, and people being saved. It's, it's good stuff. Amen. Well, listen, we gotta, we gotta get on the topic of the day, but, um, uh, I think you have a home run joke for us today. <laughs> Is that right? A home run. I mean, this may be a grand slam knock well, of the ball out into the parking lot. We have set the bar pretty low today. So this one will be a step up from what we're used to hearing. Here's, here's the joke of the day. A man was uh, taking it easy. He's lying in the grass. He's looking up at the clouds, got his hands behind his head, just stretched out a uh, glass of lemonade next to him. He's identifying the clouds, and he decides to talk to God, and he says to God, he says, how long is a million years? And God answers back. He says, well, in my frame of reference, it's about a minute. And the man asked, God, how much is a million dollars? And the man, God said again, well, in my frame of reference, to me, it's, it's a penny. And the man then asked, he said, God, uh, can I have a penny? And God looked back at him and said, give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, that's kind of like driving down the road and seeing the, the lottery billboard. You know, it's up to, you know, 500 gazillion dollars and, you know, there's that temptation to say, Lord, you know, that you, you got to buy those tickets. So we don't, we're Baptists. We don't do that publicly. No, we do don't we? do that, but we can pick them up <laughs> off the sidewalk. Can't we? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I guess we ought to get started. Do you remember who started last time? Uh, I, don't, I, I believe, don't remember. I believe uh, you did, but that's okay. okay. Um, let me just re-intro it and you can hop in with a verse. Sure. We're, we're, we're talking about Christian friendship. Uh, and this is our third week talking about it. And you may wonder, what what does that have to do uh, with spiritual medicine? And what we've laid out leading up to this is that if you have the right friends, they can keep you in a good direction mm -hmm. and they can help you um, get through spiritual struggles. If you have the wrong friends, they're going to pull you in the wrong direction and cause you really to have heartaches and problems. And so um, setting, setting up your circumstances, setting up your friendships, putting folks around you that, uh, will, will help you, uh, through life really goes a long ways with everything else that we'll talk that comes in behind that. So Christian mm -hmm. friendships are important 
And uh, we've looked at it. Uh, we've looked at several verses the first two weeks, and I think this will be our third and final final week on it. So, Pastor King, why don't you get us kicked off uh, with with a thought there on uh, Christian friendship? Yeah, the the first verse I have for the day, and man, I, don't you wish we could go back and redo all the verses we've already done <laughs> because they're yeah. all so good, and we kind of yeah. hit them and go. But um, you know, friendships are either medicine or poison, one or the other. Okay. They're, they're either killing you or they're healing you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and here's, here's a verse along those lines. It is Proverbs 22, 24. It says, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man, thou shalt not go. Make no friendship with an angry man. Um, uh, anger is contagious. Okay. Anger is contagious. And when you are around angry people, that anger just rubs off on you. And, and, and here's what I have found is that um, angry people don't need anything to set off their anger. They are looking for something to direct their anger at. They've got it inside of them. It has to come out and they will always find something to point it at. And um, what I would say to you is um, uh, we, we ought to be friendly to everybody. Okay. It doesn't matter how bad they are. It doesn't matter how, what horrible things they do. Doesn't matter. We'll be friendly to everybody. But when we're looking for that, that tight crowd that, that we want to get really close to, uh, the people who are going to have, um, an influence on us, the people that we want to spend our leisure time around, do not, do not, do not find angry people. Now, there are a lot of people who are religiously angry, okay? <laughs> and, and listen, you, and you might say, but I agree with what they're angry at. You know, maybe they are angry at Joe Biden or they're angry at Donald Trump or they're angry at the Democrats or they're angry at the Republicans or they're, they're angry at Kamala Harris or they're angry at Mike Pence or they're angry, you know, they're angry at that church they used to go to because they were so unbiblical. They're angry at their ex, you know, and, and they may have a, a long list of reasons why they are angry at these people or these places. But regardless of that, the Bible says, make no friendship with an angry man. Uh, friendly. Yes. Friends. No. Um, so if, if you got people that are that you're close with that that are just constantly fuming about something even if it might be something that you agree with and and it may even be something that god agrees with but their spirit is wrong Mm -hmm. okay their spirit is wrong and that spirit's going to rub off on you and uh i i want to be around people who their love for God is so huge. Their love for God is so big and so consuming in their life that their frustrations over dot, 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 whatever it might be, seem incredibly small. Um, and, and, and that's the problem. If people are, are that negative that, they, that it seems like those type things take over every conversation, uh, I, I can't let that kind of a friendship drag me down, and it will. It will. So make no friendship with an angry man. I, there, there is a supplemental verse that goes along. I know I'm only supposed to do one. Go ahead. No, <laughs> but, go ahead. but a good supplemental verse is 1 Corinthians 15, 
33 says, be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. And of course, we know biblically the word communications typically is in reference to people that we have close conversations with, okay? Uh, talking about evil communication, meaning your close friendships. So evil communications corrupt good manners. So you can be the most mannerly person in the world, even keel, steady, spirit filled, all those things. But if your communications or your relationships are built with evil or angry people, it's going to drag you down. It's going to drag you down. So um, I, I spend time, and just like you do, every week of my life with angry people. Okay, mm-hmm. I do. Uh, uh, when you're in the ministry, um, you, you just spend time with people that that sometimes let things get the best of them. And that's what you and I do for a living is we try to help people that that have those kinds of struggles. And But what I would say is this, that um, uh, if I'm looking for somebody to come over on and watch Monday Night Football with, it's going to be somebody like Richard Lejeune. <laughs> you know, it's going to be somebody that we can – sit there with a bowl of nachos in front of us and laugh and cut up and have a good time. And, and, and in doing so we can be praising the Lord. We can talk about the goodness of God. We can do, but, but we're not going to feed each other's flesh with anger. So there you go. That's good. Angry people attract angry people. Mm -hmm. So if, if uh, you have an angry spirit, you're probably going to find that you want to go to a church with an angry preacher. You're going to find that you, you want to be around people who, are angry because then it just helps you justify uh, what you're doing. But people who are not angry, uh, they will back away from you pretty quick. And that can come across as offensive. Well, that brings me into my verse uh, that I have uh, here. And maybe one that is the most popular verse in the Bible on friendship. Um, Proverbs 18, 24, a man that Mm -hmm. hath friends must show himself friendly. And there Mm -hmm. is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Well, that friend that sticks closer than a brother is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've talked a lot about getting things calibrated by being friends with God, having a Mm -hmm. relationship with Jesus, and letting all of your other friendships flow down from there. I believe last week, Pastor King went over Ecclesiastes 4, where he talked about the importance of you and God being connected and then weaving your rest of your friendships in around that. Well, when I spend time with the Lord, it makes me a nice person and it (laughs) makes me have a friendly spirit. You walk, you see someone walk around with a a sour face and, you know, a grouchy attitude and angry spirit. They're not someone who is spending an ample amount of time in the presence of God. They may know about the things of God, uh, they may know the people of God. They may know the terminology. Uh, but if you are walking with God and you have a good, tight-knit relationship with God, then you're going to be an amicable, friendly, enjoyable person to be around. And that is attractive. That is enjoyable. That is something that draws folks to want to be in your presence. That doesn't mean you have to be a extrovert, big personality, uh, loud, boisterous, exciting, uh, Pastor King. Uh, you don't necessarily <laughs> have to be 
uh, of that personality. You can be, uh, you know, soft-spoken. You can be more in the background. You can be a one-on-one conversation type person. But if you've been walking with God and you have that friend that's sticking closer than a brother in the Lord Jesus Christ, then uh, you're going to have people who also have have or desire to have that same thing. They're going to be around you and they're going to find that you are a friendly person and you're going to have friends as a result because that uh, persona mm-hmm. of the Lord just comes shining off of you. So there is a magnetism that comes by a person who truly has joy in their heart. Now, you know, a magnet uh, on one side of a magnet, it attracts the other side. It repels. If you have joy in your heart, there are some people that will be repelled from you. Okay. Cause <laughs> some, some people just don't want is like, I am sick of that guy smiling all the time. He just can't <laughs> stop it. <laughs> you know? But so the, the, you can be repelled by somebody, but I'm telling you, there's a magnetism to people who truly have, and not a put on joy, not a fake. That is as see-through as see-through can get. It, yes, is, it is pitiful when somebody is trying to fake joy and, and peace in their heart. Um, you're the nobody's falling for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you're and if you're married, your spouse knows above all. Yeah, your, your children. <laughs> if you have kids, your children know above all. Um, your your roommates, truth. your roommates know above all. You can't hide it from from those you're closest to. Yes, Amen, Amen. Well, I've got another one other here. And, um, you know, it's we uh, it's funny how you and I both we started on the less expected verses and went to the most expected verses. Right. But um, but here's here's one that you just about can't even talk about this subject without talking about Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Um, obviously, uh, iron, uh, iron sharpening iron, it it is the concept that you have, um, two swords that you're, you're, uh, sliding them against each other and, and they're taking the dull parts of the edge of the blade and, and smoothing it out so that it will be sharper. Um, consequently, you can take those same two swords and clang them together and and now you can have two swords that are making each other dull and and worthless. And uh, I think we all have had friends that have just made us worse. Um, they've made us mean. They've made us grouchy. They've made us sin. They've you know, you know um, I'm I'm primarily thinking of some of my grade school buddies. Not all of them, if any of them happen to be watching right now, but there were a couple of them that uh, I learned some things from that I, I just wish I had not learned <laughs> about. Um, and it, it, it's sad that a friendship would have taken me down that path, even at a very, very young age. But iron dulls iron, but iron sharpens iron. And uh, I would I pray that I will be the kind of friend that people will be sharper because of a friendship with me. Um, there's a preacher that you and I both know that... Um, he talks about, um, uh, he preaches to college students a lot, and he has um, uh, kind of become famous for the statement, uh, don't, it, it's not as important that you um, 
find the right kind of spouse as much as it's important that you be the right kind of spouse. And um, I think you can say a lot about that with friendship as well. It's not so, so much you finding the right kind of people to be friends with. It's more about you being the right kind of person. Um, would you, would you want your uh, sister to date somebody like you? You know, would you want, uh, would you want to be friends with someone like you? Would you be a better Christian if your f- best friend was you? Um, but iron sharpens iron. I, I think that we all need to kind of wake up a little bit, look in the mirror and, uh, and, and stop saying, God, send me the right kind of friend, but maybe God help me to be the right kind of friend. That's good. That's really Man. good. Well, I've got one more, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> one more passage here that um, I had to do a little bit of studying on to understand uh, some time ago. Proverbs 6, 1, 2, and 3 says, My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy, of, of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go humble thyself and make sure thy friend... And um, what this, I've read through the book of Proverbs hundreds of times and devotions and things. I would read those verses and just move right on to the next passage. But in my study of friendship some time back, I uh, really buckled down and decided to study this out. And what this is talking about is being a co-signer on a loan for a friend and being willing to shake hands and say, okay, if my friend can't cover the, the price, I'll pay for it instead. And here Solomon is telling Rehoboam, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get into foolish financial dealings for a friend because money is the fastest way to injure yeah. friendship. <laughs> Isn't it though? <laughs> and I have learned many, many years ago when it comes to my friends, I don't loan them money. I think I probably learned that in junior high or high school, you know, you got that kid who's constantly, Hey, get a dollar. I, I want to get a soda out of the vending machine. And, and, um, you know, you, you begrudgingly hand them over the George Washington. And before you know it, you know, you, you've got a tabulated, he owes you 20 bucks and you're halfway through the year and you think, you, 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 no, you, yeah. you pay me back. <laughs> and before you know it, that friendship begins to get strained. And I heard someone say very early on, don't ever loan money to anybody. Don't ever co-sign for anybody, no matter how mm-hmm. much you you love them. Uh, learn just to either give it or don't give it. Yeah. If you can't afford to give it, then don't. And uh, if they happen to give it back, great. But don't ever let that hurt your friendship. And here Solomon is saying to Rehoboam, if you have done this kind of thing, humble yourself and don't let ever let money get between you and a friendship. Go and mm-hmm. make sure thy friend and learn your lesson not to make that mistake moving forward. So be careful when it comes to money. Uh, money is a surefire way to get to, to hurt a friendship if you if you let it. Amen. Hey, we are we are winding this down. I mean, we are so close. I I, I really do hate to see the um, the topic of friendship go away. I really do because I've I've enjoyed this. I think this it, this is probably the absolute best way. I think that we could have started off the Monday Medicine podcast is um, by talking about friendships. We um, uh, you and I did not um, we did not create our friendship. 
um, God brought it about. And God brought it about in a strange way. Uh, you, you know the story. Honestly, it would take a whole episode just to tell the story of how it all worked out uh, for you and I to, to have the friendship that we've got. But um, I, I will say that uh, it, it is to the point where you cannot tell the story of the life of Curtis King without talking, without having Richard Lejeune woven into it. And, and, and but that's just a God thing, you know. It's just a God thing, and um, and I praise God for it. I praise God for Amen. it. So uh, just a few days ago in um, uh, Upper Marlboro, which is in Prince George's County, um, you and I used to live in Anne Arundel County, and so Prince George is right right beneath us there. Um, and uh, we would, you know, we've been to Bowie Bay Sox games, uh, uh, Sticky uh, Smoky Smoky Bones, yeah, the barbecue <laughs> restaurant, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I remember one time I ate there, got so sick. It was, I love restaurants like that, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, so in upper Marlboro, Prince George's County, Maryland, there's a man who was looking out his window uh, the other morning and he thought he saw three deer out in his, uh, at a distance in his yard. And um, he looked a little closer and he thought, I'm not so sure those are deer. So he goes upstairs in his home and so he can get a downward view and lo and behold, there were three zebras in his yard. And so this guy, he thought, what in the world? He calls animal control. And come to find out, he's not the first one to make this phone call. And, um, uh, and as he talks to them, they had people out hunting for these, these zebras. There was a, a man that had a zebra farm nearby that nobody knew about. He had a whole bunch of zebras, and uh, three of them had, had gotten loose. That may not be funny to you, but to me, that's hilarious. That really is. That's the funniest thing I saw all week. (laughs) There you go. Hey, uh, our time is up, buddy. So uh, next Monday, next Monday, same time, same place.